0: 25th for our drive-in services we celebrate 118 years of ministry god has been good god has been good to the world i can't talk about any other church or testify but god has been good to the world so i hope you're able to come out and join us on that day listen if you have your bibles I'm um, go with me to the book of judges judges chapter six the book of judges Judges chapter six. Don't start nothing for it. Don't start. Don't do it, sir. Don't do it. Don't do it. Just give me a little bit more in the monitors, amen, that'll help me out. Judges chapter six. Now, if you got to look at your table of contents one well, nobody know, but in your home, it'd be a secret, so go ahead and look. Judges chapter six, just four verses, verses 12 through 16. Judges chapter six verses 12 through 16 we start a new series today that i am excited about um awakening the champion within you awakening um the champion within you it's going to be good y'all so help walk with us as we walk through the life of gideon judges chapter 6 Verses 12 through um, 16. If you have it, say amen. I can't hear you, but say it anyway. anyone. If you want to stand for the reading and reverence of God's word, you go ahead with your bad self, amen. Somebody get on their first Sunday's best today. I don't know who you are, but you got it all. Hallelujah. You get on your black and white. You know, that's the international colors, amen, uh, for first it's just black and white. This is what we do, amen. I love every bit of it, amen. Judges chapter 6. Verses 12 um, through 16, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation of the Bible. And it reads this, the angel of the Lord, the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, mighty hero, or some versions may say, mighty man of valor, the Lord is with you. Sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? And where are the miracles our ancestors told us about? Then they say the Lord brought us out of Egypt, but now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites. Verse 14, then the Lord turned to him and said, go with the strength you have. Thank you, Jesus. Go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the the Midianites. I am sending you. But Lord Gideon replied, How can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I'm the least in my entire family. The Lord said to him, I will be with you, Gideon. I will be with you, and you will destroy the Midianites. If you were fighting as if you were fighting against one man. Oh, the word of the Lord is already blessed. Pray with me, Father God, we thank you. God, we praise you. God, we magnify you. God, we lift you up. And Father, we thank you for your word that is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We thank you for your word, Father God, that brings direction. We thank you for your word, Father God, that brings guidance. We thank you for your word, Father God, that enables us to be able to do what we feel, what we feel that we would not be able to do on our own. And we ask all of this, in the name of Jesus, we pray, and all of God's people said, amen, amen, and amen. I want to talk to you today as part one of this new series, the title, "Verses," Versus, that's the title I want to use. Pastor, what are you talking about? Versus is what the title that I want to be able to use today. During this pandemic, during our quarantine time, let's be honest, we have been entertained via social media. We've been entertained. It first came out, uh, first came out with Teddy Riley and, and and Babyface. They had a battle. It was just something fun to do. And um, they had a battle on social media. Everybody came against Teddy Riley. Internet wasn't the best. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't what we thought it was going to be. Let's be honest, it wasn't. But we made do and made it happen and had to do what we had to do. But from there came some other battles. We saw some of the greatest musicians, some of the greatest artists as they went back and forth. It was fun because many of us, we went down memory lane once we heard Belly and Ludacris go back and forth. Some of us went down memory lane again when we saw 112 and Jagged Edge. Don't y'all act like y'all ain't watching. Don't you act like you still don't listen to them on Spotify or YouTube today? Amen. I know you're saving. You love the Lord, but ain't nothing wrong. Amen. We'll listen to a little 112 and Jagged Edge every now and then. Praise the Lord. Amen. From a sanctified folks, we got excited when we heard Kurt Franklin and Fred Hammond go back and forth. We were we were real thrilled when we saw Jill Scott and Erica Badu go together. I mean, that was really good. I enjoyed that myself, I gotta say it. I really did. I enjoyed it. Now we might have been a little, you know, back and forth between Monica and Brandy because we really could sense the tension that was going on between them two. But yet it was still a good battle. You know, we went back down to sitting in my room. We went back down. All those great songs that they sang, but one of my favorites. Uh-huh. All right. oh. talk Let's talk about it, things. One of my favorites was Gladys Night and Sister Patty LaBelle. Oh, what a time we had that night. But listen, it did not start just when they had the battle. It started in the commercials, praise the Lord, while they were in their sanctified kitchens. They created sacred space to be able to make food that will bless heaven. Amen. I, I, I go back, and I remember when Gladys Night, Mother Night, let's call it Mother Night, praise the Lord. She was in that kitchen. She was making that banana pudding putting y'all saw when she was pouring it out the bowl. She was pouring it out the bowl, and there was a drip of the... Uh, there was a drip of the banana put that came off the bowl, and she, in slow motion, she wiped it off the brim of the bowl, and she put it in her mouth. It just looked so good. Then the LaBelle came out, and she had a spread that was ready, amen, for all 12 of the, of the disciples to be able to eat and have leftovers. I mean, she had ham. She had greens. She had green beans. She had everything set on that table. It looked so good, and it had all of us excited about why. Watching the real battle. Now we realize that when you get these two greats together in the room, I mean, it was not even a battle. They were talking about real life issues, things that's going on in the world. Uh, they began to realize, hey, it had been some time since they had been together. They began to reflect back about moments that they had been there for the other when life had got real crazy and Patty showed up uh, for Gladys and Gladys showed up for Patty. I mean, they just went down memory lane, but I tell you this, Gladys had one more time One more time to sing the way, to sing the way that she was singing. And I was getting ready to take a lap around the house because there's something about the soulfulness of her voice. She grew up in a Baptist church. Amen. Shay, let's all put it out there. She grew up in a Baptist church. She started singing in the children's choir. Amen. I mean, it was something about her voice. Oh my gosh. Even though she was singing Midnight Train to Georgia, I was ready to go in thinking about the goodness of Jesus just because of the sound of her voice, the soulfulness of her course it was just absolutely amazing and then the grand finale is when patty kicked off the shoes i said baby we about to have church tonight because mother Belda took off the shoes and she went to fly Oh, she was deflating. I don't know where we were going, but I was going right with her. We was gonna get there together. I mean, it was absolutely amazing how they came together and worked together. It really was not a battle. They were really just appreciating each other and what they brought to the table. Right. It made me think about something. And sometimes the greatest battles that we have in life. It's not us versus our haters. I, 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 let me say this real quick. I know it's kind of a, a little side note, but I get I get so tired of preachers preaching about haters because if we really look at the reality of it and the context of it, sometimes there's nobody thinking about you but you. So you really have to keep going around and talking about your haters. I mean, you look around, ain't that many people hating on you. You're really not as famous as you think you are. So, but anyway, i go on, i go on, i go on. Anyway, and so uh, 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 sometimes the greatest battle that we face is not with our haters. I think sometimes we give people that may come up against us or people that we think are against us a little bit too much credit. We're trying to build off of something because we have low self esteem and we're insecure about certain things. So we want to put everything on our heads. Hey, hating on me. I'm going to take a break from Facebook because people are hating on me. Why do you have to announce that you're taking a break from Facebook? Just take the break. Hallelujah. Come back when you're good and ready. Don't make the announcement. Just take the break. In fact, some of us didn't even realize you took a break. Hallelujah. Amen. We didn't know you did it. she did it anyway, and so then we give so much credit to our haters, and then we give so much credit to, our, to the enemy because we think it's us against the devil. Every day I'm in a fight. All the devil is on my track. All the devil is after me, and I'm, no, I'm sure Satan is looking around like, tag. I mean, I did mess with you about two years ago, but I kind of gave you a break, but you keep blaming me. About everything. Can I tell you the greatest battle that you are facing? The greatest battle that you are in. It is not you versus the enemy. It is not you versus Satan. It is you versus you. The greatest fight that you are in, the greatest battle that you are in is not against your haters. It's not against the devil, but it is against you. Look at what Michael Jackson said. The man in the mirror. Look at the man in the mirror. Look at the woman in the mirror. You are the one. It is you versus you. Every day of our lives, we are in an internal battle with ourselves, trying to become a champion, trying to become great. And there's something on the inside. There's something around us that's lingering around. Around that wants us to stay right where we are and never achieve to be the champion that God desires for us to be. You're in good company this morning because there is a man. Um, by the name of Gideon right here um, that realizes my battle is not against the Midianites, my battle is not against the Amalekites, my battle is me versus me, it's Gideon versus Gideon, it's not on my haters, it's not against anybody else, it is me versus me, but oh well, you know this and friends you'll learn this in a moment um, just about now that I've always told us and shared with us that just don't read a scripture in isolation by itself make sure you read the verses before, make sure you read the chapter the whole chapter, the chapter before and the chapter after so that you can be able to get the full scope of what's going on so that you can be able to understand the movements of the text and why this is happening and what, why is this going on? Why this person don't like that person? So you have the full scope of the entire story to have a great biblical exposition of what's going on. Here it is in Judges chapter 6. It starts off at verse 1 and saying that the Israelites did evil in the sight of God did evil in the sight of God and because the Israelites did evil in the sight of God, God made up in his body and said, I know how I'm going to get these jokers, I know how I'm going to set them up, I'm going to turn them over into the hands of the Midianites. For seven years. Here it is. You have to understand that you, you have to understand the blessing. What do you mean, Pastor? You have to understand the blessing and God turned them over to the Midianites for seven years because what you don't want to miss and what I don't want you to take from that one verse is this. God was still with them and God didn't take his hand off of them. If God had taken his hand off of them, it would have been worse than them, than him submitting them into the hands of the Midianites for seven years. The Bible says that the Midianites, they show no No mercy. They show no grace. Israel during this time. God told them not to serve other gods. God told them not to worship other gods and everything God told them to do they did the direct opposite. God says I know how I'm going to fix this and here is the great thing about God being a loving father, being a loving redeemer. What he does is God uses pain. God uses pain if we can be able to see it in the right perspective in the right context. God uses pain to draw us back to him, not away from him. Okay, y'all missed what I just said. Let me slow down just a moment. I'm getting excited. God uses pain not to push us away, but when we mature in our walk with God and we begin to see as God sees and respond respond as God responds, we can be able to realize and see that he's not using pain to punish us. He's not using pain to draw us away from him, but he's using pain to draw us closer to him. So he says, I know what I'm going to do to be able to get Israel back. Into their rightful place. I know what I'm going to do to get Israel back in alignment with me. I'm going to use pain and I'm going to subject them to the Midianites for seven years. Bible says the Midianites again show no grace, (laughs) show no mercy. In fact, They were so bogus. These jokers were so bold. They didn't show up every day. They only showed up at harvest time. Israel had planted seeds. They had had planted peaches and and, and grapes and apples. Somebody was going to make a bomb apple cobbler. Somebody was going to make a bomb peach cobbler. I mean, they had everything lined out, everything together. And the Bible says that the Midianites would show up along with the Amalekites at harvest time. And they would take everything they had worked for. Can you imagine? You don't work your 40 hours plus a week, and then the enemy comes and takes everything from you. They know when you get paid, they know when it's gonna hit your direct deposit, and they come and get everything you worked so hard for us. That's what's happening. And because this is happening, the Bible says that Israel said, you know what? We're, we're, we're sick of this. We're tired of this. By this time, they're weak. Oh my gosh. They're, they're disappointed. They're upset because, uh, because the Bible says that they, now they begin to cry out to God for help. They begin to pray to God for help. They didn't try to, they didn't try to look to God in the beginning, but now they're looking to him in the end because truth be told, all was well. Everything was cool. Everything was fine. But just when they came and began to take everything and interrupted their life, and messed up everything that they had worked for. Now they cried out to God. <laughs> Sounds like some folks, I know us, that we know all this well. Everything is going good. We good. Everything is, checks is coming in. Amen. Praise the Lord. Direct deposit hit real good right now in this moment. Amen. Your link done rolled in. Praise the Lord. All is well, but just when you think everything is good, something comes and interrupts your entire life. You were not thinking about God before, but now, Father, I stretch. Right. <laughs> my hand to thee no other help I know if you don't help me if you don't intervene God we ain't gonna make it right. now they're crying out to God now they're at the place that they are so they are so sick and tired of the Midianites and the Amalekites that they are so weak and have no strength to be able to fight so what do they do Bible says they go into hiding and they hide in caves they hide in caves they hide out of fear they hide because they're tired. they hide. because this ain't what the generation before us told us. They, they told us stories about a land flowing with milk and honey. They, they, they told us stories about God leading them by a pillar of cloud by day and fire by night. They told us all these amazing stories of the wonderful working hand of God. But here we are in a cave scared. In a cave depressed. In a cave distraught. Because we don't know what to do. Bible says that the Amalekites and Midianites left nothing. They left no goats. They left no ox. They left nothing for them to be able to have as some resource of food. So now, not only are they depressed, not only are they disappointed, not only are they tired, not only are they weary, now they're hungry. God, oh, that's, some, that's a terrible combination that you're depressed, you're upset, you're angry, you're mad, you're disappointed, and now you're hangry. Got all this going on. And the Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible says that they would not leave. The Bible says they came in as thick as locusts and they did not leave until everything was taken mm. away. Verse 7, verse says, when they cried out to the Lord because of the median, the Lord sent the prophet to the Israelites and said, this is what the Lord of God uh, of Israel says, I brought you out of slavery in Egypt. I rescued you from the Egyptians and from all who oppressed you. I drove out your enemies. I drove out your enemies and gave you their land. I told you, I am the Lord your God. You must not, you must not worship the gods of the Amorites, and though in whose land you now live, but you have not listened to me. The Bible says they knew exactly what to do. When trouble came, they ran to God. Ran to God. They prayed. <laughs> they called on them. They did everything that needed to be done because they realized we need help. We need help. And here's a here's a shouting party right here. And we're not even into the full message yet. But here's a shouting party right here. But even though, even though they were slow to run to God, they were slow to go to God, God was not slow in responding to them. Somebody ought to praise God right there. But even when you messed up and you have deliberately disobeyed God and did what you wanted to do you were slow and follow his commandments you were slow in being obedient but when you cried out to god i mean when you even looked like you was about to cry god showed up right on the scene and he was right there all of the time somebody help me praise god that he comes in every time i call him he came on in, he came on in, he came on in. He shows up, but he lets him know. He lets them know about this unknown prophet. He lets them know, I brought you out of Israel. I, I bought you out of Egypt. I bought you out of slavery. And I told you not to worship any other God. Yes, that's what he told. And you ain't listen to nothing I said. You ain't listen to the world I said. Yeah. You did exactly what you wanted to do. I know, I know, I know. Pastor, now you talking about making me a champion. You kind of hurting my feelings. I got to break you in order to make you to get you to realize what God wants to do in your life. But we're so much like the children of Israel that we know how to celebrate when everything is good. We know how to celebrate when our health is good, our money is good, our relationships is good. But as soon as trouble comes, now we want to turn to God. I don't want success without God. I don't want money without. without God, you can take whatever else you want to take, just give me God, because when I'm down to my last, and if I ain't got nothing else but God, I ain't got enough, come on Mr. Trotter, to be able to start all over again, I don't want success without God, sit down, I see you saying it, Brother Cornelius, sit down, sir, sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down, and so they get there, and the angel comes, the angel comes, God says, I got a plan now, I got a plan, y'all jokes have been acted up, I know what I'm going to do, because we know here, we know here that judges, judges, they showed up on the scene, God, God will grace judges at certain moments to show up on the scene, to be able to do what needed to be done, because now Israel feels like we don't need no judge, right, <laughs> so well. In other words, we don't need no pastor to shepherd us. We can shepherd ourselves. <laughs> oh, that folks right now. That's folks right now in these individual virtual sanctuaries that you feel like, I don't need God now. I don't need the church now. I've been doing this on my own. I can either, do, you know, do you know that you can go on the Internet right now, answer a few questions, and you can be a licensed minister of the gospel in real life? In real life. Big facts, real real facts, you can go out there and fill out a little questionnaire, and all of a sudden, you have a license where you can marry, where you can bury, and do all the other things. Ain't nobody laid hands on you, (laughs) that there's nobody covering you. They They said, okay, we don't need no leader. We're good, we're good. We can do this all by ourselves. God raises up judges. God raises up judges to be able to lead them, to be able to guide them, to be able to direct them. Even though they thought what they wanted. God says, I know more than you know. I know what you really need. I hear you. I hear you talking to all this all this stuff saying all these words, I'm going to raise up people. We need it to give you direction. Uh, to, 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 to make stuff clear. All right, all right, all right. Go ahead. You ought to thank God for your pastors right now. I don't know. I know you're watching the whole world, but well, if you're watching you go to another church, you should be watching your church anyway. But thank God for your pastor that, that helps lead you and got you. Thank God for good pastors. Thank God for good shepherds. I know we live in a world now where you got some that's trying to sleep with the women and the men and take the money and do all the other stuff. But thank God for men and women of God that walk with integrity, that love God's people, that shepherd God, people, that directs God's people, and realize it is an honor and a privilege to be able to shepherd God's people. Swims stick to the text. I'm trying to do so as much as I can, but the Holy Ghost, he, he keeps on interrupting me. And so they get here, and they say, we don't need no leader. God says, yes, you do. <laughs> and the leader that you need is that one that you think you don't need. And I'm going to use someone that you would have not voted on yourself. <laughs> I'm going to give you somebody that you never imagined. He didn't look like a leader. He didn't talk like a leader. He didn't dress like a leader. He didn't even have charisma. But I'm going to empower him by awakening the champion in him. Woo, go ahead. To use him do to lead God and to Direct you. Bible says, <laughs> goes down to the wine press and finds a brother by the name of Gideon. Mm-hmm. He's down there in the wine press, at the bottom of the wine press, hiding his grain from the Midianites. I told you earlier that they have been so fearful. They have been so scared now of the Midianites and the Malachites because they showing up every time on pay. They just know when those crops are going to prosper and just come right and bloom and come right on. Now, he said, oh, I'm sick of it. So I'm going to go into the wine press. I'm going to go all the way to the bottom of the wine press and be able to hide myself. Now, while he's down there in the wine press, while he's down there in the wine press, trying to navigate and to do all the things that he needs to do, the Bible says. The Bible says. The Bible says. While he's down there threshing the wheat, threshing the wheat was not the, the threshing the wheat was not the play. You should not thresh the wheat down there in the wine press. Down there, right at the bottom. When you thresh your wheat, you want to be out in the open, preferably up on a hill, so that as you are threshing your wheat, that the wind can be able to come through and blow all the unnecessary stuff away. Way. But Gideon is down there in the wine press at the bottom, mm-hmm. trying to protect what he got. I want to talk to somebody this morning that you 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 you've gone into hiding <laughs> you've gone you've gone into hiding you just so you don't even know you don't, you don't even know what you're feeling right now. You don't even know how you feel. You don't even know you don't even know what's really you can't even define. If someone was to ask you what is wrong, you don't even know how to put the words together to be able to make sense of how you are feeling. You know what to do. We're so good at this. We know how to say, "Oh, I'm blessed and highly highly favor. I'm blessed in the city. I'm, I'm blessed in the hill. I, I, I'm always on top. I'm never at the bottom." We know all of the we know all the dirt Turkey words to be able to say, to give the appearance as if we're okay. Deep down on the inside, what nobody knows, that they don't realize the struggle that it took for you to be able to get out of bed this morning. No one knows the struggle that it took for you to pull the covers back and to even, even go to the app of Facebook to listen to the word of God. People have no idea how you are late to work and you're working from home every day. People have no idea the mental fatigue that you're in and the soul exhaustion that you're in right now. People have no idea what's going on in your mind. But you make it look easy. You make it, you make it look like everything is right. You can get up and sing before people. You can get up and preach before people. You can get up and believe God to deliver and heal you. But you question if God can do it for you. Gideon. It's at the bottom of the wine press. Hiding from the Midianites. Can you, can you imagine what your sanctified imagination is? My childhood pastor, the late pastor, President White Jr. would say, can you imagine what your sanctified imagination that he's holding on to all the grain he's got left? Mm. <laughs> the Midianites and the Malachites them came through, so done took everything. They're starving. They have nothing to eat. With no idea of when they'll have something. So Gideon takes a little bit of he got. He hides in the cave let me let me help you let me help you let me help you i know I know, I know, there there are people that say believers ain't got no business being depressed. If you are a blood-washed believer of Jesus Christ, you should never be depressed. You know what? I'm a preacher and a pastor of the of the word of God, and I've been depressed. I I have had moments when I've gone into the cave. I have had moments where I've stood before people and preached, and right when I was done, I went right back into the cave. So depression happens to those that even are that even are believers, even those that God is using. that that depression still hits them because they're human even though God uses them to do spiritual things they're yet still human and have human moments and have human emotions and go through human issues in their own life he's there he's there holding on to the grain but get this y'all get this this is so good this is so good look at verse 12 the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said I like the King James Version You mighty man of valor. (laughs) The Lord is with you. I got to believe Gideon looking around. Wait a minute. Ain't Ain't nobody. I'm down here at the bottom of the wine press by myself. I think I think this angel of the Lord got the wrong address because he said mighty man of valor. He called me courage. He called me brave. He called me bold. He called me strong. He called me powerful. He got the wrong address because that ain't me, sir. You got the wrong house. I'll go down two doors and then make a left down the hallway. Maybe that's the person that you're looking for. God meets him right where he is is. Man, y'all even shouted here. I said, God meets him right where he is. You still ain't saying nothing yet. I said, God met him right where he was. Pastor, where was he? At the bottom of the wine press trying to hold on to all the grain that he has. He's disappointed. He's distraught. He's depressed. He's down. He feels weak. But God in all of his power shows up to this brother and he calls him a mighty man of valor. Oh minute, Pastor, what are you talking about? When, if we're ever going to awaken the champion within you, take this is gonna be on the minute, it's gonna be on the screen in just a moment. You have to call yourself what God sees and not what you see. All right, that's it. Well, I wish I had a church this morning full this morning to preach this word, but we're gonna do what we do right now. You have to call what God sees and not what you see. Let me speak to you, you mighty woman of valor. Let me speak to you, you mighty man of valor. I know you're in a cave right now, but if you can see yourself in the future, I'm going to tell you, you look a whole lot better than you do right now. You're braver. You're going to be braver then. You're going to be stronger then. You're going to be more powerful than you are right now. But you got to see yourself. You got to call yourself what God sees, and not what you see. Because let's be honest, y'all, what you see and what God sees is two different people. (laughs) Ooh, Jesus, help me, Holy Ghost. Help me, Holy Ghost. Turn the air on burning up. You have to call yourself what God sees and not what you see. Because what God sees and what you see are two totally different people. Gideon is here at the bottom of the wine press, he's the press, he's the shot. He's disappointed, he's mad, he's angry, he's on the edge of his life. He's trying to hold on to everything that he has because he don't know when he's going to eat again, Casey. Uh But God shows up, meets him in the cave. Aren't you glad that you serve a God that has the greatest GPS system ever? Aren't you glad that you serve a God, that you know a God that knows how to meet you even when you're trying to hide from him, even when you're trying to hide from others, even when you're trying to hide from yourself. We serve a God that knows how to be on the job and knows how to be on the case and can meet you right where you are. And not only will he come and meet you right where he is, but he does not come empty handed. He will come and make an announcement over your life and call you something that you don't even see in yourself. God calls got to call yourself what God sees and not what you see. So here it is. Here it is. Here it is, my brothers and sisters. What Gideon is dealing with right now in this moment, he's dealing with a identity crisis. He's dealing with an identity crisis because he's trying to understand why is this angel? Why is this angel of the Lord coming to me and calling me a mighty man of valor and I feel weak. I'm vulnerable right now. I'm distraught. I'm depressed. I'm at the bottom of the wide pressure. I can't, I can't say it enough. He's at the bottom of the wine press. And God calls him a mighty man of valor. He has not fought a battle. He has not won a battle. But God calls him a mighty man of valor. Here it is. You got to call yourself what God sees and not what you see. Because once again, what you see and what God sees is two totally different people. And here it is. You should have now by this point have walked, walked enough, have been with God long enough to be able to trust what he says about you. To be able to trust what he thinks about you. You should know God enough. And your walk with God should be tight enough that whatever it is that God calls you, you may not see it right now. But you can believe that he is not. A liar because he's not a man that he should lie. He's not a man that's going to lie. He's not a man that's gonna throw stuff out there and give out false prophecies. He's gonna be a man that's gonna be true on his word. You should now by this point realize that sometimes, thank you Holy Ghost, that God may not call you something that you are today, but He will call you what you're gonna to be tomorrow. You ought to thank God that sometimes God does not just see your now and where you are right now, but God peeks over, and peeks over into your future and calls you what you will be tomorrow. So that here's the thing. I got to make sure that I don't allow what I see to silence what God has said. Oh, I gotta make sure, I gotta make sure, I gotta make sure I know, oh man oh man, I'm done, why don't nobody want me oh man, how come everything keeps happening to me, oh man, how come everybody else around me getting married I ain't going to no more weddings, they suck anyway, I hope, I, I hope I hope, I hope their marriage don't even go well, I hope they first night together sucks, I just can't stand them, I don't like relationships, I don't like people uh, woe is me, I mean you have to be so careful, you gotta be so careful because of all the things that we think about ourselves. And the things that we say to ourselves, don't you realize that when you open up your mouth and you begin to talk, you're prophesying over yourself. The Bible says that life and death is in the power of the tongue. So you, ma'am, you, sir, you got to be careful what you say out of your mouth about yourself, because soon or later, the things that you have spoken will manifest itself. And you can't blame the devil. You can't blame your haters. You have to blame yourself because you said what you said. and, And i thinking about what God has already said about you. He says, you mighty hero, you mighty man of valor, the Lord is with you. Here it is. The enemy will see you as you see yourself. The enemy. Yeah, you. The enemy will see you as you see yourself if you see yourself as nothing, if you, if you see yourself as weak, if you see excuse me, if you see yourself as power, as powerless, if you see yourself soon the enemy will get involved in a conversation and say hey I ain't got to destroy you you've already done it, thank you for doing my job wow. yeah. <laughs> he only see you as you see yourself. And when, if you see yourself, if, 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 if in how you view yourself and see yourself goes against what God has already said about you, you have the wrong picture of who you really are. That's why, saints of God, we got to get in this word. That's why we got to spend time with God in prayer. Because get this, in his presence, he reaffirms who we are. In his presence, y'all, he reaffirms who we are. He reaffirms our identity. Whenever I spend time with my father, whenever I spend time with my parents, they're always reinforcing and reminding me of who I am and what I will be and what I'm going to do. In the future here it is. I gotta hurry up because y'all are getting tired of me so 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 so, so we got to we, we got we to gotta call ourselves we got to call we have to call ourselves what we have to call yourselves what God sees and not what we see here it is but you also gotta understand it's right here in verses 14 to 5 verses 14 through 16 that you've been grace for this I know I know I know I know it, 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 it's daunting what's before you I know it's crazy what's before you I know oh my goodness it's just too much you cannot see it. but here's the thing that you have to trust God God sees more about you than you see for yourself. God sees more about us than we see for ourselves. Come on, y'all, let's grasp that. That is amazing. That is awesome. God sees more about us than we see about ourselves. He's coming to Gideon. Y'all know what I'm about to say. He's at the bottom of the wine press. The shot mm-hmm. down, depressed. God calls him a mighty man of valor, but he doesn't stop right there. Look at what he says in verse 14. Look at what he says. The Lord turned to him and said, go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. But look at what Gideon is. Always, we always got to have all these butts. We got too many butts in the church. <laughs> you were supposed to laugh right there. Amen. We got too many butts in the church. Look at what he says. But Lord, Gideon replied, How can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh and I'm the least in my family. Not just in my family, he says in my entire family, I'm the least. Gideon is missing the point, but God is telling him, he's still missing, he's still missing. I've called you a mighty man of valor. I'm calling you something that you don't see in yourself right now. I'm calling you something that you're not in that today, but you may be there there tomorrow or in the future. But I'm calling you what I already see, what I already see about you. And not only am I calling you something, but I'm letting you know that I am. Am with you. Look at what he says, y'all. Look at what he says. He says that the Lord turned him and said, "Go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the from the Midianites." I am sending you. He comes with an excuse. He comes, he comes with an excuse of why he's not the one that God can use. He says, "You know what?" He said, "God, whoever you are, you ain't read my resume." you have not seen my family Linus. you have not seen where I come from I just told you last week that where you come from has nothing to do with what God is going to project you and where God's going to take you in your life he comes to God he says my clan is the weakest in Israel he says the weakest tribe in Manasseh he said I'm the least in my entire family no sir I'm not the one that you want to be able to use I'm not the one that you want to be able to send. and and you now he's missing the point he's got this thing all twisted and he's thinking that he's gonna go out and do this on his own. own. He's thinking that, hey, I don't have it all together. Thank God, thank God, thank God that God is out looking for perfect people to be able to do stuff because if that was the story, I wouldn't be preaching before you right now. I wouldn't be a pastor right now. I wouldn't be doing anything right now. If everything was predicated off of me being perfect or any of us being perfect, but thank God that God will take unlikely people. Thank God that God will use those that others say cannot be used. Thank God. The God sees a champion on the inside of you, even when you don't see it in yourself, and there's nobody else saying anything about you being a champion. So you've been grace for it. So you've been grace for it. Here it is. Let me help us out real quick. Don't just limit grace to salvation. Oh, please, man, please. So, yes, we are saved by grace. We're not saved through works. Thank God for that. But grace is also, when we look about the strength of God, when we talk about the power of God, that's the grace of God that strengthens and empowers us and not just saves. Don't just limit God's grace to saving, but see grace as strength. See grace grace as empowerment, Uh that God will empower you and God will strengthen you to do whatever it is he has called you to do. God has graced you to be the champion that you need to be. God will empower you to be the champion that you need to be. He's letting us know through the life of Gideon that you don't have to do this on your own. You won't do this by yourself, but I am with you. That's what he told Moses. That's what he told Joshua. I am with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will never abandon you. He's letting him know, not only have I graced you and empower you and strengthen you, but I'm giving you my presence too. giving you my presence. Hmm. If God had to come back, I believe God would have said, Get in." I didn't ask you about your family. Hmm. I didn't ask you what you thought about yourself. I didn't ask you what you thought about your family. I didn't ask your opinion if I could use you or not. I didn't ask you that, hey, if it's convenient for you, Gideon, I want to interrupt your life right now, meet you down here in the wine Press, and I'm gonna call you a mighty man, a mighty man of valor. No, 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 God was not waiting on an invitation for Gideon to become a champion. God comes to Gideon to let him know, I'm about to make you a champion. Yeah. All right. Because there's something that's going on in the land right now. I need somebody reliable that I can use. I need somebody that I can empower with my strength. To be able to save Israel from the Midianites. Sometimes we have trouble. Sometimes we have trouble embracing becoming a champion because we ain't never seen one in our families. We never seen the example of a champion before us. But God is using the life of Gideon today to encourage us I'm about to turn you into something that you could not have become on your own. So God, God's going to call you what he sees. God's going to call you what he says and not what you see. God is going to remind you that you've been graced for it. Oh, there's so much power in that right there, y'all. That's so much power in that that you've been graced, you've been graced, you've been graced. Pastor, what are you talking about? You may be in school right now, you may be in undergrad, you may be in grad school, you may be in elementary school and you just feel defeated. Oh my gosh, I'm overwhelmed with this remote learning. I'm overwhelmed with everything that's going on. I'm overwhelmed. Did I pick, did I pick, let me talk to my college students real quick, did I pick the right major? Oh my God, it looked good when I read, read the description but I had no idea it was going to entail all of this. Let me talk to a married man, a married woman right now. The wedding was beautiful. The honeymoon was glorious, but oh my gosh, I had no idea that this is what marriage and a relationship look like. Oh my gosh, let me talk to parents real quick. Oh, you cried when they came out the womb. Oh, you cried when they started crawling, but now they have grown up, and you don't know what you're going to do with them, and you're thinking, can I do a return to sender and send these jokers back, because this is not what I thought it was going to be. Let me help you out real quick. For those that want to call the quiz, for those that want to throw in the towel. For those that want to say, forget it, I'm over it. Let me encourage you and say right now, you have been graced to be a husband. You have been graced to be a mother. You have been graced to be a wife. You have been grace to carry out that major and to graduate on time. You have been grace. thing about it is, don't you ever forget, man, and woman of God, don't you ever forget, don't you ever forget, don't you ever forget that you're not doing this thing on your own. But you got somebody that's with you. That's strengthening you and empowering you. you, Hallelujah. So, here it is. I got got one more thing that we're going to get out of here. I'm I'm trying to contain myself, but I'm so excited right now. Uh, But I got got one more thing. Here it is. Look at verse 16. Look at verse 15 and 16. He says this. But Lord getting replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh and at least of my entire family. Verse 16, the Lord said to him, I will be with you. And you will destroy the Midianites as you were fighting against one man. Can I tell you something? that I need you to embrace, that I need you to accept, that's really going to be a blessing to your life, that's really going to transform you if you let it. Weak is the new black. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. It is. It is. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. We've been taught, be strong. Hold on. But let me tell you something. There is, oh my gosh, there is some unspoken power when we can be able to embrace the weaknesses that we have, we there is an unspoken power, there is an unspoken strength that will come to us when we are weak and vulnerable before God. God. There is something that is revolutionary that can happen in our lives when we embrace our weakness and not see them as a curse, but see them as an entryway that God is using to introduce us to a new grace that he wants to be able to give us to do what we did not think that we could do on all. I want to say it again, but I forgot what I said already, but when you embrace your weaknesses, when you embrace your weaknesses and not see it as a curse, you open Open the floodgates of heaven for God to introduce you to a new thing called grace. They will carry you through. They will empower you. They will instruct you to do what you thought that you would never be able to do in your life. But here it is. If if I'm going to embrace my weakness, here it is. You got to realize this. 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 You will never rise above your insecurities. If I'm going to accept the fact that weak is a new black, I got to realize that I will never go higher or above my insecurities. Pastor, what are you saying? I got to deal with me. Whew. God, oh God, oh God, oh God. Because if you wait, let me help you out real quick. If you wait on a title to help you, it ain't going to do it. <laughs> if you wait on money to do it, it ain't going to help you. It ain't gonna, if you wait on a relationship to do it, it ain't going to do it. It ain't going to do it. It ain't going to do it. It ain't going to do, do it. You're going to have to deal with you and look at the man in the mirror. Look at the woman in the mirror. Take the titles off and realize I messed up. And i gotta deal with my stuff i gotta deal with my stuff here it is here it is premarital accounts and one-on-one if you're going to get married do not wait and think in your head that some spouse is going to complete you because what you would do you will set them up you will set them up for the greatest trick of your life and you had a great wedding you had a great honeymoon the sex has been off the chain but then you become to realize oh my gosh who did i marry because they never dealt with them, they never dealt with their insecurities, they never dealt with all the insufficiency, and the inadequacies that they have in their life, they never embraced their weakness yes, sir. as the new black. All right, Pastor, that's the Old Testament. Give me something in the New Testament. The Apostle Paul said uh-huh. in Second Corinthians chapter 12, He says, Each time He said, My grace it's all you need he said my power works best in your weakness he says so now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me he says that's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and the insults and the hardships and the persecutions and in the troubles that I suffer for Christ for when I'm weak He said, that's when I'm strong, Pastor Swims, what are you saying? I'm saying this to you, man and woman of God. You are more, you are more user-friendly to God when you come before him weak, week because then he's able to mold you, then he's able to shape you, then he's able to mold you and to shape you into what he needs you to be. And I'm telling you, man and woman of God, if you can embrace your weaknesses, if you can embrace your insecurities and rise upon how you see yourself and rise upon what you think about yourself, and rise above what others have said about you, let me tell you this, you better start blocking everything and everything, everything and everybody else that says something about you that goes against what God says. If God calls you a a mighty man of valor, don't you dare let somebody else call you weak. You may call yourself weak, but you don't let nobody else call you weak. You realize who you are in Christ. You embrace your weaknesses and you allow God to mold you and to be able to shape you into what he wants you to be. What is that, Pastor? He wants to make you a champion. He wants to make you a champion. Can I tell you what this world needs right now? Can I tell you what your family needs right now? What your friends need, what you need. We need to see the entrance of some champions we need to see some folks that we know they have some challenges but God we saw God's grace (laughs) that when they showed up on the scene all we saw was grace you saw singing you you saw dancing you saw preaching but you saw grace because you realize folks only knew what they had to go through to get right here (laughs) If people only knew the mental exhaustion that they had to do to get to where they are right now. If folks only knew how many times you wanted to quit. (laughs) I mean the countless efforts that you've made to intentionally quit. They realize that when I do what what I do, It ain't me, but it's the grace of God on display. We need to see the arising of champions. We need to see. We need to ask some people the question, how did you get to where you are right now? And we need some folks to honestly answer, do you really want to know, you got time today? (laughs) I know we're social distancing, but can you can I send you a link to Zoom and we talk this thing out? Can you FaceTime me? Can we meet together in person six feet apart with mask on and I tell you how I made it? It's been grace. Grace that has brought us this far. I'm amazed. One of the privileges of being a pastor, which is also a burden, is that you walk with people in different seasons of their life. I have the privilege that for some, I I have the best seat in the house, and I stand here and I watch the bride come down the aisle. same position sometimes where I'm having to stand with them as they say goodbye one last time to a loved one. They're at the hospital when a child is born and sometimes they're at the hospital when they have to say goodbye. But the blessing is it is that I get to sit back and I begin to see that the words that God has given me to speak have not fallen on deaf ears but I see grace on display Absolutely. in the lives of so many people. It's no secret. Many people know our office manager, Sister Ross, her youngest daughter, Alana, died 11 years ago, car accident. Today would have been her 31st birthday. Would have been 31 years old today. Awesome. Awesome young lady grew up in hip-hop grew up at Hopewell baptized in everything I've been amazed over the past 11 years at seeing the resilience in Sister Ross I don't know I don't know what it would be like to have to bury one of my girls I know the pain that a miscarriage can bring. That's enough. So I can't even imagine having to say goodbye. But I've been amazed at the grace of God on display in her life. I can go back to January, the day of the home-going celebration that she stood up on the stage at the vine with the mic in her hand. And she gave God glory and gave God praise. How, Pastor Swims, was she able to do it? It was grace that stripped and empowered her every day to get up and do what she needs to do. Every day to encourage others. Every day to be a confidant for someone else. Grace on display. That she's a living witness about the sufficiency of God's grace. That his grace not only saves, but the praise saying the last week, his grace will carry you through. So, Pastor, what do I do? do How how do I make this message stick? How do I make this series stick? Here's the application piece. You got to flip the switch. You got to flip the switch. Either you're gonna become a champion or you're gonna live in insecurity for the rest of your life. Either you're gonna become a champion or you're gonna go hide in a cave and take the last of what you have and hide it because you don't want the enemy to take it. All I'm saying, the choice is yours. As for me, I want to be a champion. (laughs) I, 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 I want to be a champion. I gotta be a champion. The choice is yours. Come out of hiding. Come out the cave. Come out the cave. Come out the cave. No, stay right there. Go back to that sun. That's it. Come out the cave. 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 Now, I realize the cave, we all go there sometimes, sometimes more than what we want. But let me tell you, the cave is only temporary it's not your permanent residence and for somebody you've been in the cave long you've been in the cave long enough and i know i know this whole thing with the pandemic and being isolated and being at home has not helped at all but i need you man and woman of god you mighty man of valor you mighty woman of valor you man of courage you man of strength you woman of courage you woman of strength come out of the cave There's a nation that needs you. There's a city that needs you. There's a community that needs you. There's a, there's a people that need you. Come out the cave. I know. Because the worst thing you want to do is get too comfortable yes, sir. in the cave. Because anybody know that once you get comfortable, that's it. But God is so good that he will use pain to usher you into your champion, into your championship. That God will use pain to get you out of your comfort. I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning. But I can't let it go, come out the cave, come out the cave, come out the cave, come out the cave, come out the cave. cave. Come out the cave. Come out the cave. You've been in the cave way too long. You've been in the cave way too long. Come out the cave. Come out the cave. There is grace that is ready for you to tap into. There is grace. There is grace that is available to you right now. Come out the cave. The grace is not for the cave. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Grace is not for the cave. Grace is to be able to come out the cave and be a champion. There's no grace needed to be in the cave. You need grace to get out the cave and to walk into the champion the mighty man of valor the mighty woman of valor that god has called you to be come out the cave come out the cave come out the cave come out the cave i know i know we're going a little bit longer than normal i know this virtual church we wanted everything short and quick but god is moving right now come out the cave Come out the cave, come out the cave, woman of God. Come out the cave, man of God. Come on, come out the cave, come out the cave. I feel you. I, I, I feel you. I'm not even around you, but I feel you. Come out the cave, come out the cave. There is grace that's ready for you. There is grace that's ready for you. That's, that, 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 there's a strength that you don't even know that you get. In the name of Jesus for those right now that's in a cave, Lord God. They may be in a cave, Lord God, uh, mentally, emotionally, Father God. I ask you pray right now in the name of Jesus as the great liberator, oh God, that you will set them free, God. I pray that you will loose the shackles, oh God, and set them free, God. Loose the shackles and set them free. God, loose the shackles and set them free, God. Loose the shackles, oh God, in the name of Jesus, God. I pray that they will not be swallowed up, Lord God, by fear. I pray that they won't be swallowed swallowed up, Lord God, by depression, Lord God. I pray they won't be swallowed up by defeat, by disappointment, oh God. In the name of Jesus. God, set them free today. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, set them free. 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 Set them free, oh, God. There's a generational cycle that has to be broken, God. Set them free, God. They're not doing it just for them, but they're doing it for the next generation, oh, God. Set them free, God. Oh, God.